Hey guys, welcome to another edition of Happy, Sad, Confused. I'm Josh Horowitz, and this is my podcast. Welcome to another episode starring a gentleman that I'm a big fan of. Uh, if you're a Josh Whedon fan, you know him, you love him. Fran Kranz, uh, star of Dollhouse, The Cabin in the Woods, and outside of the Whedonverse... Um, he's done a lot of really cool projects, one of which is a new Tribeca film. Uh, as I tape this, the Tribeca Film Festival just wrapped up this weekend here in New York, and uh, France stars in a new film called Murder of a Cat, uh, which is cool because he gets to be the star. Um, and Franz kind of carved out a cool character actor career um, early on, but uh, it's fun to sort of see him be the guy. We talk a lot about that, and uh, Fran is just a cool guy. He's somebody who I have some mutual uh, friends with and uh, got him to know the last couple of years. Uh, first time was when he was actually on Broadway here in New York in Death of a Salesman with Philip Seymour Hoffman and Andrew Garfield, and it was directed by Mike Nichols, like this amazing production. And as you'll hear in the beginning of this interview, I was uh, uh, talking to uh, Fran about having just seen Andrew Garfield uh, because Spider-Man is everywhere, and I'm in the middle of doing lots of interviews with that cast. And uh, as you'll see, the first few minutes of the podcast are devoted to um, some very poignant recollections of that production uh, and his, uh, his, his talking about Philip Seymour Hoffman is, uh, is, uh, is, is sad, but also, um, I don't know, strangely comforting, too, in that uh, he has really fond recollections, and I was, I was really happy to hear that. Um, Fran's a cool guy. I hope you guys enjoy this conversation. Whether you know his career or not, you're going to fall in love with this guy. He's great, and I know he's got bigger and better things ahead um, of him. Uh, so this is the podcast starring Fran Kranz. Next week, speaking of Spider-Man, uh, we've got a really cool one with Mark Webb, director of The Amazing Spider-Man, 500 Days of Summer, and, of course, the new film, Amazing Spider-Man 2. So as always, check out MTV.com for all my interviews, after hours. There's tons of stuff on there. Uh, and uh, thanks for listening as always. Here he is. Enjoy, Mr. Fran Kranz. I just saw um, Andrew uh, Garfield last. I night. was just gonna. I was gonna ask you. Did yeah. you uh, do Spider Man? Yeah, I was just telling Michelle. Uh, was it insane? It was insane. It was yeah. probably not as big as our. Premier, I think it was pretty much the same. Probably saw it. Probably, yeah. Guess. What Zigfried? You guys? It was that? Yeah, yeah. Zigfeld, yeah. Zigfeld, right? Sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and I'm actually headed off to. Uh, they're doing a lot of stuff around the city, so I'm going to Queens, where they're doing some stuff at a school. Wow, more stuff. More Andrew's stuff. going down. Guys, he's been traveling the world. He's oh, the man. He's awesome. I mean, he is like the the best. You know. He's kind of interesting. And by the way, I don't, we can literally, I'm recording now. I don't need to get Oh, let's do it. Yeah, we'll why not? Just, we'll keep it casual. I mean, um, I talk about Andrew Garfield all the time. <laughs> my, my crush on Andrew Welcome Garfield. Welcome to the Andrew Garfield podcast. <laughs> Did they tell you that you were here to talk about <laughs> that, Andrew? That's fine. I'm actually, that's better. <laughs> Top three Andrew Garfield performances. Go. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I, the, the, the Facebook, well, what was it called? The Social Network Trailer. <laughs> the, that trailer was amazing. It was an amazing trailer, and I was like, "Wow, was that like, guy's!" It was that Radiohead. It yeah, was like creep, little kids so. singing Radiohead. Yeah, 
which I don't know what that is, but have you ever heard of the album The Langley School Music Project? Actually haven't, no. It was this thing in, I guess, the 70s, and it's some sort of middle school in, in Canada, and the music teacher got them all together, and I guess he was kind of like this sort of hippie music teacher, because all the music's like Beach Boys, David Bowie, it's like a bunch of sort of... It's so cool. Yeah, it's yeah, cool, yeah. and he gets all these little kids, and they all play, he teaches them all instruments, and nice. they're playing like xylophones, and it's like, it, it, it's not that um, tight or whatever, right, refined right. or whatever, but it's like awesome. That's it's really amazing. cool. Yeah, the Langley School Music Project. That's what that whole, because I think, I guess that was an entire, it was all Radiohead or no? The, the, the that album? album? I think so. I mean, I mean, on the, the whatever social the social network, network used. I think so. But no, it, it was, was definitely, Lesnar and it was oh, like okay. score and stuff. Um, definitely Creep on the trailer. Yes. Where, which then put that probably in his like fourth best performance. <laughs> well, obviously you have to go with Death of a Salesman where you obviously met Andrew. Number one, yeah. Number no, one. I, that's what, well, I was a huge fan um, in this weird, you know, geeky man crush kind of way. I was like most excited to work with him, yeah. you know, when I, when I got that. But um, just mo- kind of as like, because we were sort of peers or whatever, yeah. you know, contemporary. Like he's my age and I thought he was the best. Like I really did. After Social Network, I was really... I was, you know, really excited about him. And I think at that point he was Spider-Man. So, you know, the, the sort of buzz that that sort of generated kind of gave him a status, you know what I mean? That yeah. I was kind of like, oh, this is sweet. I'm working with Andrew Garfield, who's sort of number one young actor right now. And that, so that felt like an accomplishment to be in the room with him, totally. you know? That must have been like, uh, <laughs> He'd be yeah, like, exactly. so like, wow, don't ever talk to me again. Right? <laughs> but that must have been like Man Crush of Palooza, like that Yeah, yeah no, exactly. Literally, you had yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Directing, you'd obviously have Philip, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and um, no, it's insane. And then also to get to know, I didn't know Bill Camp, but he's huge in the theater community. Sure. And in only you know, in a matter of like weeks, I was like, okay, yeah, Bill Camp, another man crush. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's the guy that's like backstage watching hockey, swearing at the TV, and then like goes on the last second and is like amazing, amazing. like were breaking like hearts. Or were you like stressed? No, I think I was. Or... Yeah, I think I was stressed <laughs> the entire time. Well, you know, like um, because. Like Phil, who's was the leader, like he demanded not not in any kind of like you know mean way. He wasn't necessarily tough. It was just that his like level of excellence and like commitment and like sort of dedication and passion, you know, the, it trickled down. You yeah. know what I mean? There was like, I mean, Bill could get away with it because he he was you know buddies with Phil and he was like his contemporary and he was you know what I mean? Right. He he sort of and also he was perfect. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he just nailed every performance and there was no question Bill Camp was going to be fine. <laughs> so like, uh, but but I think just for me personally, there was no uh, there was no screwing around. You yeah. know what I mean? It was like one hundred ten percent commitment and. Trying, never sort of relaxing and being like, oh, I got it, so I can take the, you know, not yeah. to take the night off, but feel, I never was, calm. I always felt the performance could be better, you know gotcha. what I mean? And that was something he he taught, because he was never satisfied, you know Phil what I mean? Phil, yeah, yeah, it was always like, um, it, trying to find more, you know, before every performance, he was out on the stage, sitting on the chair in that kitchen set, and just holding the script, and just kind of like, Slunched, slumped, you know, slumped over, yeah. and just kind of eyes closed, kind of muttering to himself, just sort of like, just brow furrowed, <laughs> just you know what I mean, like right. so intense, and just tr- trying to sort of like dig deeper, find more, like solve these problems. Because this when, is literally like the actor of our time. Yeah, like, I know, like, arguably the best actor. And I know, he's killing himself, like, and <laughs> beating up on himself to get better with these performances. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's you know, because now, obviously, with him passing away, there's like a 
I mean, you know, he's like got legendary status, but it was already coming together. You know what I mean? I think it was already there, and I think, you know, sadly those these things happen, and you sort of realize it or put finally put the stamp on it. You know, the label. But it like it it was there. We all knew it, and um, he really like. I mean, he he. That was one of. I used to joke and like it's it's sad now. And I I joked that like he didn't like acting. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like we'd go leave a rehearsal and I'd be like, I don't think Phil enjoys acting. Like he seems so like pissed off. Like right. sometimes, you know what I mean? Right. And he um. I remember him saying it's not storytelling, it's problem solving, and that's what it seemed like. It seemed to frustrate him. It seemed to be. Truly, like, he was obviously passionate and dedicated, but he, you know, he wanted to find the sort of logic and truth behind each action and decision and, you know, thing the character does. You right. know, everything it said, you know, he says and blah, blah, blah. He, he demanded sort of finding the truth in that and the sense in, of it. And when you have a character that's uh, essentially going crazy and then kills himself, yeah. that's like, you know, I mean, I, 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 it's a recipe for disaster. But, I, you know, at the same time, you know, I know, I you know that when that show ended, he was happy. You know what I mean? I mean, he was obviously a great weight off his, you know, lifted off of him. But I, you know, I know. You know what I mean? And you can look at all kinds of things in like hindsight or whatever. But you know, as 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 passionate as he was about it, and so much as it must have troubled him. You know, he. I, I saw him in this relief and this happiness, and like uh, that. You know, eventually I saw like, oh yeah, he loves this. Like he needs right. this. You know, is is that one of those things outside of family that that just someone that that shook you to the core when they when, on their passing in terms of like somebody that you had a, an acquaintance with? Yeah, but not obviously. Well, family. I mean, it when because uh, it was yeah. My a, a friend. I woke up. I was in LA, so the you know the three hour time difference. I I kind of woke up to sort of a bunch of text, you know, and but nothing so specific, you know. So I woke up and I was, and it was like I'm sorry about your friend, and I so I was kind of like shit, like what is that? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like what? Don't, don't text me that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and then I I I went on I went on IMDb. Which didn't have I don't know I I sort of went I anyway like I went to sort of these like I think Deadline or IMDb because I assumed it was like an actor or something because no no one necessarily personal like a family member hadn't said anything yet and um, and it was like I think CNN where I first saw it and it was definitely it, I mean I, I it was shocking um, obviously I knew that in the last May or you know a year before he, he had had a. Right. You know, his rehab st- it, yeah. yeah, yeah. And that sort of really shocked me. And I texted back and forth with him then and, and uh, you know, not getting into it, but just, you know, sort of wishing him well and, sure. like, saying how much I love him. You know, he was someone that he – it meant the world to me because he really – cared about me he called me out after the show ended I came back to New York to do a couple of readings of like a play a Kenneth Lonergan play which was like the coolest thing in the world and yeah. Phil was directing it John C. Riley was a part of it and, and, and you know he called me out he was like can you come out to New York and do this I think you'd be really you know what I mean wow. and like that was like the fact that he was still keeping in touch was like I, I have the you, greatest you in my corner you know what, yeah <laughs> yeah it, meant, it, was an, it was a big deal um uh, and anyway, so it took a, it took a while because people kept saying I'm sorry, and throughout the day, and I kind of felt like why you know this is like a you know why are people apologizing about this celebrity, and then it was sort of it's kind of sad it was I was after the Super Bowl you know that the whole most of the day had passed and I remember my mom calling me that night and that's when it really hit me and like 
you know, that I was like, this was my friend, you know, this is someone that meant the world to me right. and that I loved. And then it, and then it, and then it hit me like, you know, the way those things do. Um, but it, but it took, it was a delayed reaction, certainly. And then, you know, yeah. <laughs> so, so switching gears a bit, you're back, obviously you were in New York for that one. There's a yeah. campus that segue for, for Death of a Salesman, but you're back here in Tribeca for I know. Uh, a much different kind of project, which yeah. I enjoyed, The Murder of a Cat I Watched. Oh, did you get to see it? Yeah, yeah, I did. It's uh, totally crazy. It's bizarre. It's amazing. <laughs> it's, I, mean, totally. I don't even know, I know how you describe it. It's kind of what, like, it's like film noir? Yeah, movies. well, the, the guys, the, the, oh, <laughs> uh, the, the the writer is Bob Snow, Christian Malleys. I actually butcher his last name. It's it's Brazilian. I don't know, but anyway, they're they're brilliant. They're great, and they they wanted to make uh, Chinatown in the suburbs. Um, and uh, so, the, but the, so they were but they were committed to that sort of level of seriousness to it. You know what I mean? So they were like, watch Chinatown, watch the Long Goodbye, the yeah. Robert with Elliot Gould. That that was like a really big inspiration for us. Um, just in tone and sort of, you know, the, the the kind of swagger that he had in that movie that just totally is inappropriate on this kind of weirdo, you know sure. what I mean? This basically just like the, the the biggest like oddball you could imagine, and um, and finding the humor in that, um, but also sort of the the you know the. the what's grounded about it, you know, that this guy, it's his best friend that's murdered, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that's the thing. It's like the movie's about a guy who lives with his mom and his best friend's his cat, and he's like a 30-year-old. Sure. So <laughs> the first, like, 20 minutes in a bathroom, basically. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I demanded that. I was like, well, wait a minute. I, I kept saying, like, I, I picture this guy in his bathrobe the whole movie because, like, he, he his cat, you know, he just lounges around the house, and he's in his bathrobe all the time, and when his cat dies, he's not going to shower and change. Right. He's going to hit the streets and, like, go, he's going to go get revenge in right. what what he's wearing <laughs> and then so I got I got us I got away with that I was like no 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 I think he's still in his bathrobe you know, with, the, <laughs> with the wardrobe and everything um, he's a more focused Jeff Lebowski yeah he's totally like, <laughs> totally yeah and someone mentioned that and I, I believe it or not I hadn't thought of that for a while but those kind of those the crime films or these noir films set in a sort of more absurd situation yeah. or or where the the plot isn't really the stakes aren't really that high but I mean I don't know I still think that they're high that's yeah the if someone thing. killed my my pet you know I, I mean that's like a, yeah no that's I don't <laughs> that's know hardcore. yeah it's hardcore <laughs> revenge <Thank you>. is <laughs> yeah um so I don't know anyway but so yeah it, it couldn't be a more different project and I've missed New York obviously with the you know that, that being the salesman being such a big deal I've yeah. been trying to get back here I even had a play lined up and then I shot a pilot and they moved the dates and I couldn't do the play and right. so I've been really dying to get out here so this is really exciting because Trebek is you know cooler and cooler you know what I mean yeah and this movie was this movie's really funny and I got a great part and there's a cool cast with Greg Kinnear J.K. Simmons Blythe Danner Leonardo Nam, who's hysterical in the movie um I'm forgetting people Nikki Reed um I've, I've always been a team Greg Kinnear from the start that guy is dude like, yeah amazing. you know what I mean um what was it? As good as it gets, like, yeah. is an obvious one. But he, um, like, I don't know. I, Little Miss Sunshine is uh, everyone loves, and it's so great. But like, I think his performance is like critical to that movie. You know what I mean? I always yeah. like. I forget what, what's his name was nominated, and um, you know, I, it's a movie that sort of you know we we all know is great, and it feels ensemble. But like, I thought he kind of gave that movie the sort of substance and like the heart that that totally. is otherwise. You know what I mean? When he has that moment, we're meeting the sort of the 
whatever it is, the infomercial guy, and it's just kind of heartbreaking. You know what I mean? Yeah, he, yeah. he he's always he's always been a favorite of mine. So it was a, a real treat working with him, and we were lucky to get him with scheduling, and so we kind of shot him out early. Yeah. Um, which made it kind of fun because it was like little chapters of movie stars in our like four week shoot. You know, it was this quick Guess little indie. Week. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It was like who's the famous person, today? <laughs> which was really like a, which was really nice because you know it gets tiring and it, that was a way to like you know yeah. get, revitalize the set. You know what I mean? Is is it? Uh, I mean, one of the refreshing things in in for me and seeing you in this thing is like you got to be the guy you know you're yeah, the guy in this. Yeah, is that, is that yeah, important thanks. at this stage in your career to like get a couple of those under your belt where yeah like, for sure for sure and, and to feel like to feel like it's successful um, <laughs> I uh, know because I you know people are like ah this is your first lead role and like I, I guess it is, but I also feel, I know that I've done you know, and this I'm going to sound like a jerk, but like I've been number one on the call sheet before. Right, right. It just like hasn't gone well, maybe, <laughs> <laughs> or like, or it just sort of, or it's sort of an ensemble, or or you know. But this is a movie that I think is is really working. It's not for everyone. It's really weird, but it has an audience. It's really funny. It's really quirky. Um, I mean, I think if anyone that's a pet lover will like enjoy this on some level, totally. you know, and it, and it. And I love its originality, you know, and um, so 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 yeah. To be a lead of something that I'm I'm believing in and I believe is successful is is yeah new and very important to me. Um, you know, I I like playing different roles. You know, I don't want to be totally set in the comedic thing. You know, I played early on stoners and slackers, right. and then sort of more neurotic kind of nerdy, and then like tech geniuses. I just did a pilot, and I'm a tech genius, but he's a little more adult than my other tech geniuses. You know, he's a little more yeah. So so you know, I'm trying to find that transition where it's just like oh, Fran Kranz, he's you know an actor. You know, he's a, he's a good actor, and I want to be known as as versatile. And uh, this role. He's a total weirdo, but what's nice about it is that his alter ego, he creates, he makes toys, you know, his right. hobby, or he thinks it's actually a business, but it's a hobby. And uh, he, uh, his sort of favorite toy, his sort of leading man in his sort of toy line is this guy named Doghouse Riley, who is sort of Elliot Gould or, or Nicholson from Chinatown. And so when he when he gets deep into the case and finding who killed his cat, he sort of takes on this persona. And then it's an opportunity, it's still very silly, and I'm not trying to be cool, but it's sort of an opportunity to transition from the kind of oddball running around in the bathrobe to sort of, you know, sort of uh, glimmers, little flashes of like a normal leading man. You know what I mean? Whether or not he is successful in the role, his commitment to it, his sort of, where you know, Bizarre, delusional—you know, whatever you call it—imagination. You know that there, you see sort of flashes of, of this detective, and that's that's very cool for me. You, you even get the Pretty Woman makeover. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, totally. Nikki <laughs> Reed, who I guess actually cuts hair, although in that scene she's cutting a wig. Oh, gotcha. We couldn't, we couldn't risk that. Wasn't your own horrible hair? That's good to know. <laughs> that wig was ridiculous. No, there was a scene where I there's a scene after my cat dies where I'm on the roof holding a candlelight vigil. And then the next morning, it was a cool shot where we were shooting my POV from the roof, but mm-hmm. upside down on the street. And you see a jogger sort of jogging at the top of the screen upside down. And right. then we reveal that I'm hanging off the roof with my, my head down. But the wig did not, the wig defied gravity. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? The wig wouldn't move. And we were like, well, we, we probably shouldn't use this shot. This looks ridiculous. <laughs> well, it's not, I don't know if we ever talked, uh, at least you and I, about like your beginnings and the, the first kind of roles. So, like, what, like, when you came out of school at Yale, right? Yeah. Um, what was, 
like the first gig? What was literally the first paying gig? Um, the the out of out of college was the TV set. But I I was lucky enough to grow up in LA and go to school with someone, a, a couple kids in particular whose parents were in the industry. And one of this guy, Mark Platt, who's a producer who does a ton of stuff out here on yeah. Broadway. He's got a new show with Adina Menzel, and I can't remember the name. If them, there, thank there. you. Yeah, but he was like he did Wicked. He did like the Legally Blonde movies. Yeah. I think he's just did Into the Woods, the movie. Oh, wow. Yeah, so he's. And, and at that time, at that time, he was not. Now he's, you know, becoming somewhat of a giant, you know. But um, he, his his daughter Sam was in a play with me, and he sort of he saw the play, and he was like, "You're good, like you you could do this." And he got me a manager, and I was like 17 years old, and that was a that was a huge deal. So I did. I was on an episode of Frasier when I was in high school, which was awesome. <laughs> and uh, um, it's yeah, I'm trying. I, uh, yeah, it was like a season premiere. Anyway, whatever. You can find it. Find it. Um, I definitely will. Yeah, ahead. it's pretty funny. Um, and uh, then I did Donnie Darko when right. I graduated. And uh, weird, oddly, there's four people from my high school in Donnie Darko. Jake went to Jake Gyllenhaal, right? yeah, Maggie, who I didn't know. She was older. And uh, Jake was a senior when I was a sophomore. And then my friend Gary Lundy, who is in my grade, he plays one of Jake's buddies, uh, Donnie Darko's buddies. Anyway, so that was – I had those, like, early roles to sort of get an agent through college. But I was determined – you know, I was going to graduate college. Yeah. I was not, like, you know um, – um, also those tiny – performances weren't yeah my parents were like yeah drop out of college yeah you were in donnie you were the clown in donnie darko you got this yeah um so no so the tv set was my first and that's a good movie by that's the an way. awesome movie jake yeah Kasdan, right yeah, yeah. jake casden wrote and directed it and you know yeah it's it's about a uh, the making of a television pilot and uh, for anyone in the business, uh, even on even peripherally, like they'll get that movie. It's hysterical. Yeah, Duchovny, it's, right? Is Duchovny the, yeah. is the writer of this TV pilot, and I play the actor he doesn't want. Right? Um, they, they, you know, they test actors. They'll test a group of actors, and it's sort of known that. If you if the writer falls in love with a guy, like don't just test him because the network is just gonna look for something wrong with him. Right. So you gotta you gotta put a few guys in there. And I mean this is this is true. This is the sad thing. I was right out of college. I hadn't done a pilot season really. So I didn't I understood my role as a kind of douchey actor, like the douche you know, the vain kind of <laughs> idiot, sort of um uh really sort of uh, unreliable or inconsistent actor. You don't know what you're going to get on a take, and he's, like, hitting on everyone on set, and he's, like, buys the fancy car, like, before his check arrives. You know what I mean? That guy. And um, Well, it sounds like you went to high school with a couple of (laughs) these. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, it was, the the role was a gift. The role was brilliant, and I I got it, but I didn't didn't fully understand, like, how much this movie nailed pilot season. Um, Anyway, so yeah, I'm the writer, he, the actor he doesn't want, and Sigourney Weaver is the network executive that loves me, and and then just sort of one thing leads to another, and, and his pilot that he cares about that's serious, that's actually about like a suicide and the family and a guy coming home, and it's like kind of, you know, it's kind of you know, some drama to it. You know, by the end, it's called Call Me Crazy, and right. it's like a wacky comedy, and like it's just it's just turned into crap, and, and it's also picked up, so he's sort of responsible to write like 22 episodes of a show that he does 
doesn't even know what it is anymore. Right. So it's this kind of and, – and the more I learn, the more experience I have, I realize that this movie's like a tragedy. This movie's like <laughs> not funny at all. Yeah. And I remember I took a friend, a writer, to the premiere, and he was – he just like left afterwards. He was like, I don't think I can go to the party. That was the most depressing movie. <laughs> I'm serious, yeah. And I get it now. Now I'm like, oh, man, that movie – but um, so I was I, that was a huge deal for me. Yeah, and everything was you know downhill afterwards. No, and uh, what was the next like like okay? I do think about your career in terms of like okay, that's level one. Level two is yeah. This, I had like, a cool. I had a bunch of neat movies. Um, like you know the, there was like the village was thrown in there. Matchstick Men. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think like Training Day. I did while I was in college, but there was some neat roles. I did this cool little movie called Night of the White Pants that didn't get the release it deserved, but with Tom Wilkinson and Selma. Blair, oh, wow. um, uh, and it was like Nick Stahl, I'm trying to think who else was in it, but it was a really cool, funny movie. Tom Wilkinson is just, you know, Amazing. the man, yeah. yeah, and so I played his son, and it was like, uh, that That was a big deal for me, it just didn't pan out, but I know you can find it out there, and it's a sweet, funny movie, so it's worth it's worth checking out, but... Um, can I ask you, actually, I'm curious, because you mentioned The Village, because that one is always one that intrigues me, because you also got a chance to be on M. Night Shyamalan. Like a couple like super intense actors that I love in that one, like William Hurt. Oh yeah, who like is legendary, and I've yeah. heard some interesting stories about. It. He's like a unique guy. Yeah, and, and, and Joaquin like unique yeah. in the word. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, what, yeah. What are yeah. your recollections of both of those? Guys? Oh man, um, <laughs> I know. Oh dude, yeah, they <laughs> without ruining a relationship. I know, I know, I know. I was like, I feel like some things I can't say. Well, I definitely like spent some time in Joaquin's trailer, um, <laughs> hearing about the JFK assassination. <laughs> I swear, I swear to God, I swear to God. What's his take on it? Um, I, you know what? I I can't remember because there was like a lot of takes, and like I was pretty freaked out. I was pretty starstruck and other things, you know. And uh, I was like, I can't, I can't be on this set and go to his trailer anymore. Um, Michael Pitt, who I was a huge right, fan of, yeah. he was in that. Uh, and also the coolest thing, we all he wanted to really build the sense of community, Shyamalan. So he had us living all in one house during the entire this was like a four month shoot and oh, we were in the middle of rural Pennsylvania. Or not really. We were like forty minutes out of Philly, but in like Chad's Ford and we lived in this he took over a bed and breakfast. And granted the movie stars kinda had the cottages. <laughs> but nevertheless, like you know, Sigourney, we like we all had dinner together. I mean it was like a real world or something. You know what I mean? With like Adrian Brody, Joaquin Phoenix, Brendan Gleason, William Hurt, oh my God. Sigourney. I mean, no, and then and Cherry Jones, who's yeah. like the greatest. Yeah, her uh, what's it called? Glass Menagerie. That production was like that. perfect. Was it was like yeah, 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 it was crazy. Yeah. Um, anyway, so that was um, Judy Greer, who I just like had the biggest crush on. <laughs> Bryce Dallas Howard. It was her first film. I mean, it was a crazy cast. It really and is um, now that I think about it, yeah. I uh, yeah, and but hurt. With all of his kind of like, you know, he would like just go on tangents or, you know, he would just like do his William Hurt thing at dinner sometimes. But I, I mean, I, I, I was so, it was overwhelming, you know, the stars. And for me, it was a really big deal. Um, but he, I remember I had my sort of my scene, you know, I, I didn't have that big of a part, but I'd sort of pop in and out. And I had a scene that it was sort of, it was about me and I was nervous and he gave me really good advice being like, you know, you you got this role. These are, this is no longer auditioning. You know, everyone, oh, now we're trying to make the best project. Sure. And so you have all the time you need tomorrow because people aren't, People are just, you know, wanting, to, you know, the thing to work. And so you take all the time you need because everyone's here for you tomorrow. You know what I mean? And it was still, I mean, you, know, you still feel on the spot. You know, it's not like he, he, it takes pressure off. 
but in a way it, it it did and it's something that like sort of I remember that you kind of you kind of have the the, the you've, you've gotten the job and now this is time to sort of play around and find it and know that everyone's rooting for you sure. you know what I mean yeah, think yeah, of yeah. yourself as a teammate you know what I mean as opposed to trying out for the team still and right. it's hard when you're surrounded with famous people but it was cool it was really meaningful advice that he gave me and this was like the night before and it, you know it stuck it stuck with me and it's um things I've tried to tell other people, you know, because you, you see that on a set. People get nervous and tighten up, you know, if, if so-and-so's on, a movie star's on the set, or a lot of times things move fast, and, and you're not getting the sort of encouragement, or the you know, the, you, you feel like you want to, there's a, a level of comfort that's not there, and it's sort of, you you kind of have to remember that it it, that it, it really is, you yeah. know, because people we just we just want to make the best best product, you know. I, I just had on the, I don't know if you know Chris Messina, the actor. Yeah, yeah. He, was, he was he did the podcast last week, and he was talking about how he had, literally had the worst actor's nightmare come to life on the newsroom last season. Oh he, wow! They gave him like a three page speech that he just didn't have time to memorize. Oh, no. And he literally like did like fifty takes and just in front of like the newsroom, Jim Fonda and oh. Sam Waterson in front of him. And he's just yeah. he just couldn't do it. <laughs> yeah. And but the most yeah. endearing part of his story was that basically like Jane Fonda was like basically saying to him. I love you for this. Like yeah. Sam Watterson was saying, like this is what acting actually is. This is the work we're yeah. saying. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I can imagine you've all been there. Abso- absolutely, and it is sort of. I, I don't know. This is going to sound messed up, but it is it is kind of comfort. You know what I mean? It, it is nice to see. Obviously, like we all want to come in, memorize, and prepare. But there is like there is some truth Life to it. Life like, gets in the way. Sometimes. Yeah, things happen. <laughs> you know what I mean? And and there is something nice. I don't know. It kind of does build a sense of community when, like, someone else is screwing up. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because, like, it is our, it is sort of our worst nightmare. And then you kind of, then it's exactly that. You do remember that it's like it's okay because we're all here for you, and you take all the time you need. I mean, obviously, sometimes that's not. Well, <laughs> that's not. But, but yeah. you know, there's you gotta <laughs> you gotta limits. sort of remember that. And um, so that was a big deal. But uh, yeah, and I mean, just Joaquin was just the man, just super funny and so talented and now now I think he's taken on a whole I, I think at that stage in his career he he was an awesome actor great but now he's sort of he's at this crazy he's on this other level Daniel now level yeah the standing yeah 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 and it's it might have taken his whole like bearded sort of rap stage to yeah. sort of get there. I don't even know if that was still. I still don't know if that was like a joke or yeah, not. Yeah, I was gonna say when you when you saw that happening, did you know what was going on? I didn't know, but I also knew he was like he what he's so funny. You know, he was the funniest guy on set. And um, so I kind of I kind of thought so, but then the commitment, like you said, he's like Daniel Day Lewis now. Then at a certain point, I was like, I just don't know. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, like I'm, totally. I don't know. So is the um, the you know you can't do an interview with uh, Frank Rance without mentioning Joss Whedon. Does yeah. the Joss Whedon? Part oh, yeah, we made it like pretty far. We, I'm curious, like, <laughs> have you negotiated that? Like, because like. Like in terms of like the amount of your life spent on Joss Whedon projects, it's, yeah. it's a it's a relatively small amount. But I would think people want to talk to you about that stuff a yeah. ton. Do you does it are are you comfortable and like are you surprised by how much that has kind of like dominated the narrative of your career a little bit? Yeah, well, I'm not surprised because like you know someone my I had a friend because I hadn't watched his stuff and um, I knew who he was, but. I didn't watch Buffy or anything when I auditioned for Dollhouse. And like speaking in terms of chapters or stages of my career, certainly after that, Dollhouse was next. I did a show called Welcome to the Captain, but it was during the writer's strike. And John Hamburg, who was our creator, is awesome, but yeah. he, he wasn't even allowed on set. And so it was a short-lived, like, six-episode run, and then we were canceled. And, like, so, so Dollhouse was really the next stage. And someone told me, he was like, this is going to change your career. Like, he was like, you will always have fans 
no matter what happens in your career, like, you're always going to have fans now. And it didn't. I was like, all right, whatever. You know, that doesn't mean any. And then and it's sort of true. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I Obviously, I want to work forever, and, you know, the, the, that's kind of the nice perk of the job. There's no real retirement. And, you know, I, I want my career to... You know, be whatever, larger than sort of the the Topher from Dollhouse or whatever. <laughs> but uh, but um, it is sort of true. But I also I I I love Joss. Like he's so brilliant, and um, the fact that now he now he's gotten this you know this new kind of status as you know this A list director with Avengers and. He's still continuing to. He's not relaxing. You know what I mean. He's sure. not taking his foot off the brake. Like re- releasing that movie on Vimeo in your eyes. Yeah, yeah. He's always looking for new creative ways to sort of further the business and further sort of the art form. And he's not. He, he, he you know, he's not a guy that's going to be like, yeah, just give me another superhero movie right. and I'm just going to make millions of bucks. And this is what I've always wanted. You know what I mean? He, he's a true creative, you know, I think genius, you know? Um, well, yeah, so, like, 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 like a, a lazy guy doesn't do in between Avengers a Shakespeare play at his house. Yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> no, you know, it's, it's crazy. Because I, I mean, I'd love to direct someday, but, like, it's t- it's hard doing the acting part. Yeah. And when you're direct, you're on, you're that's that's like a twenty four. Right? Those guys like don't go to bed after the when when you rap, they're just like talking about tomorrow. Right. You know what I mean? I mean that that job's on another level. So for him to do, I mean that's insane to yeah. do much ado about in between Avengers, the photography and post production. I mean it's totally insane. And, I, and but I don't I I don't expect him to stop. Like I, if anything, I expect more surprises like that from right. him you know what I mean and for for you know as long as he's as he's living you know and and so in that sense like you couldn't have a better you know I, I'm very happy and proud and like humbled to, to be to have an association with a guy like that I yeah. mean you know what I mean like it'd be crazy not to um, so and I, I am a fan now that I've seen his stuff I get it and I love it you know Firefly is like one of my favorite shows so me you know getting stopped in the street or you know I think I've said this even to you before or someone but like I, I sometimes talk to the fans longer than like they intend you know what I mean they're like okay <laughs> like, I gotta I'm good. go I yeah. got what I needed <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got my story <laughs> exactly exactly I'm like wanna hang out sometime I'm free I got nothing to you know <laughs> you know what I mean um, cause I cause now I'm now I'm 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 definitely one of them, genuinely yeah. a fan of the guy, and um, you know when it comes to our working relationship, I'm I'm taken very seriously. You know, like we've we've hung out and we're friends and we've had you know been to his house for parties and stuff, but but I I mostly consider myself his like employee. You know, right. and I just I, I I kind of prefer that relationship because it's given it's been so rewarding. You know, do you um. Do you enjoy, like, the audition process? Like, I would imagine, like, do you get, like, stressed over... I would imagine you've been on some, like, high-profile big films, that whether whether they came to fruition or not. Right. Like, do you get stressed before, like, the big, like, the studio ones, the superhero, the big franchise thing like yeah. that? Yeah. Yeah, it depends, you know? Um... Uh, mostly, mostly not now. Like, it's certainly not pilots. <laughs> because, uh... Because you just, they're like so out of your control. Right. And I've had everything happen. I've been like, you know, I've had them get picked up. I've been recast. I've had them not get picked Like, like a pilot's, even the test doesn't stress me out anymore because it's right. almost, 
there's almost like a bitterness now. I'm just like, yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean? And yeah. so, but in a way that's really liberating. And I think you do really good work, you know, and I think, I think there's a lot of truth to that. If you walk into a room confident or absent, like definitely not desperate, like that, that reads and then you're loose, you know? And, and so, but certainly like, um, Certain films, and actually now that I've said that, I'm just thinking of there was an HBO pilot, which personally I think is on a different level than a network pilot. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> You're right. And this was Jay Roach. He's doing this uh, show oh, called yeah. The Brink. Have you heard yeah, about yeah, this? Yeah. Oh, wait, this has some amazing people in it, right? It's Tim Robbins. stupid. It's Tim Robbins, Jack Black, and uh, what's his name? Pablo Schreiber, Liev's brother, yeah. you know? And it's, um, I mean, it's, I think it's, it's Doctor Strange. It's a present day Doctor Strange love, basically, TV show. It's about it's about the brink of World War Three and today and uh, anyway. So when I met Jay for Jack Black's role, it was before he was involved, and they like really liked me. And then Jack Black got it, so I was like, well, you know, <laughs> they went that way. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, uh, but then they were like, we think you could still do this other part. And then that got me. That got me sort of when those things happen. When it's such a cool project. And you've already kind of given up on it. Then it really plays a mind game. When you sort of let something go, but then they come back and they're like, but hey, what about... Then you're like, oh, it's meant to be. You know what I mean? When you're sort of teased a little bit and then let off the hook, like, that's when things start to feel a little real. And that's when you kind of get in your head a little bit. Um... So that that's like the last time I remember being like really sort of psyched out in a in a, in a bad way, where I was just kind of nervous and like pacing in the waiting room. You know what I mean? <laughs> like I actually went to the bathroom, um, and it was one of those situations where they give you a key or whatever, and and I like came back and they were like um, the key. Please. And I'm like, <laughs> sorry, that just like, uh, I left the key. You know what I mean? Like, I just right. wasn't, you like, talking about loose. I was, not, no. <laughs> I was not loose. Jack Black got in your head. Yeah, totally. <laughs> totally. Um, but, no, that show's going to be amazing. And But, yeah, in, in general, no. I feel like I've, I'm, I've, I'm, been around the block a couple I've times. I've been around now. the block a couple times and I, I'm I feel good about where my career is, but obviously I want, you know, much you know, I want much more, you know. Um are you ready to dip your hand into a sketchy Indiana Jones Fedora? Yeah, I was wondering what that was all about over there. Why what's weird about that? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is a few random questions. You don't have to answer them all because we'd be here for three hours. Yeah. Uh, but one or two. Um these are some are good, some are bad, some are just stupid. Yeah, okay. Ready? Here we go. Do I have to say Oh, favorite Godfather! Yeah, wow. That favorite a lot favorite about <clears throat> favorite Godfather movie. Um, I'm usually a, a big uh, believer in what started the franchise is just inherently the best. Right. Um, I, I really do believe the first Star Wars is the best, and everyone's like, "You're an idiot, Empire." <laughs> but I really do believe it is. Um, and I'm talking about Episode Four. All you Not kids, like, under, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, uh, I am a I am a Sith fan. I am a Revenge of the Sith fan. Really? Though. I know. I know. I am. Well, I actually generally defend more so than any of my friends would like the prequels. The prequels. I think yeah. they're okay. I, I don't think, think they're yeah. horrible. No, no, no. I, 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 I've gotten, I've gotten over the initial sort of shock and hatred, <laughs> um, bitterness. Yeah. No. But I thought at a certain point, I thought, well, wait a minute. He's just taking it to another level that. And obviously, I, I like actors. I'm an actor. But it, in the first, like, ten minutes or so of Phantom Menace, it's just, or some Revenge of the Sith, it's just this giant space fight or whatever. Yeah. And um, 
there's nothing there's no people there's nothing I don't know if there was a camera you know what I mean it's just it's a world and it's like drawn up on computers in a way I was kind of like well that's kind of genius like that is sort of and then someone made the comment that at the end when Darth Vader's all Frankenstein-y and it, it was sort of silly that it was also kind of a nod to the idea that you've kind of created a monster. You know what I mean? You've created, it's not, it's no longer human. It's like you've used parts and you've kind of created a machine, a sort of robot monster. And that's sort of, that's kind of what Sith was this sort of, you know, synthesis of that. And it's become, uh, it's taken on another level. Anyway, Godfather. So, what, so that sounds like your allegiance is to one. Those my allegiance is to one, but see, two, De Niro's kind of my favorite. When it comes to American actors, De Niro so, is sort of, like, I think Taxi Driver is my probably favorite, one of my, you know, it's like, it's the sort of go-to, it's kind of a changing moment for yeah. me, you know. Um, and uh, so I kind of, I kind of think two in a way, and also I love how two manages to jump, that's not easy, flashbacks, you know. And um, like that, so that movie, like structure-wise, or how how it was sort of done and structured, and technically, it, it's sort of astounding. You yeah. know what I mean? So in a way, despite me always saying the number, they'll go with the one. I think I got to go with two. Should we even mention three? I mean, so yeah, you know, I think there's a couple amazing scenes in I it. I agree. You know, I think it's when he goes to the Vatican and has that kind of like come to Jesus moment. Oh, yeah, yeah that part. Do okay. you know what I'm saying? In the early part of it or, I, I, or, or towards the end? The like, confessional. Oh, yeah, confessional thing. Was, yes, yeah, 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 sorry. I come to Jesus. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, uh, that that's like kind of a beautiful thing yeah. and uh, really well shot. And then the opera um, finale the on the steps – and maybe it's just because she finally died, Sofia Coppola. <laughs> Sorry. She lived a better life as a filmmaker. I think she would agree. No, no, that. yeah, I shouldn't talk shit about her. <laughs> you want to yeah, work with her. Yeah, yeah, Who doesn't want to work with her? She doesn't make it to the end of my podcast. Don't worry. She's out after 20 minutes. <laughs> but, so, no, but I, I do think... I don't. I, I don't think you should throw it at three out entirely. I agree. But I'm also. I also just said Sith was a yeah, great we, movie. Yeah, we are lost every <laughs> fan that either yeah. of us have ever had. <laughs> yeah. Um, do we know the fate of uh, of Murder of a Cat yet? Are you guys looking? For I don't know, but we've show? gotten some good reviews. I mean, the the response was really positive, and like, like I said, it's like it's a totally weird movie, but it was it was definitely confirmed last night that there's an audience. Awesome. Like people were people were really loving it. Yeah. yeah that doesn't surprise me. No, it's fun. It's quirky. It's, it's weird. totally totally That's out great. there. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I'm so happy to always catch up with you. Buddy. Yeah, man. Uh, that's thanks so for sweet. stopping by today. Yeah. Murder of a Cat. Find it somewhere. It's going to pop up somewhere, and when it does, yeah. you'll enjoy it. At the Zig- Ziegfeld. Ziegfeld. <laughs> 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 if you've got a good sense, sense of humor, if you're a little bit off, yeah. you'll like Murder of a Cat. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Yeah. Uh, thanks, buddy. Yeah, good dude, to thank see you, man.